0: And I, that's kind of how I feel about quotes playing that it's it has life outside of the plot, and I think that is like important to establish. Like I, I I just I don't like stories where it feels like this character only exists to serve the plot. Welcome to episode 21 of the Audiobook Club podcast. I'm your host for this episode. My name is Michael. I'm here with my three co-hosts. If you guys want to introduce yourselves.
1: What's up?
2: Hello, I'm Stephen. Hi.
1: Yes, hi.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so today we are going to be discussing The Name of the Wind, the first book in the Kingkiller Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss, read by Stephen Degas it was it pronounced like Vegas wasn't it then in the end it's, 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 R- it's Rupert, Rupert, Degas, Rupert Degas, it? Degas sorry Rupert Dagas, just to, I'm gonna just keep that on because that's funny <laughs> you do the
2: editing so
3: I don't <laughs> Michael it's up to you <laughs>
2: <laughs> so
0: why did I pick this book I picked this book because this I think is a very interesting book to talk about there's like I don't know if you guys delved into it yourselves, but there's a lot of online discourse about this book, even today when this was published, I think it was 2006 or 2007, it was one of those years anyway, so a decent enough time ago, and there's still a lot of talk about this book to this day, a lot of comment sections debating this book, so I kind of wanted to see what you guys think, and I wanted to kind of get my thoughts out, out loud here. Just to, to go over a brief summary of my thoughts then without giving any spoilers away or anything. I think I think this book I would call it I would like go on the side of the fence more in favour of this book. I do think it is masterfully written. I think it's beautifully written. I think Patrick Roth's prose is just excellent. I love I think he evokes so much wonder in this fantasy book. I think it's a it's a great, very well told fantasy book. I like the, what I think this fantasy book has that's so refreshing is like, I think there's a lot of intimacy which seems like a kind of oxymoron to put against it being called an epic fantasy. How can something be intimate and epic? But I think like Patrick Rothfuss does toe the line very well in this. It's like a very closed down story but you have the sense of the greater world beyond uh, what these characters are going through. So I think that balance is perfectly trod and it's like it's not like a Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings where you get the whole world described. Do you kind of you just get specific segments of that, but I think there's something there's an element of mystery and wonder that's kind of brought into it by that. So I think it's a different kind of take on the fantasy genre again. That was kind of my motivation for picking Mistborn last year and now the name of the one this year. I think it's a really interesting book. I do think it's a flawed masterpiece. I do think there are some I do think there's a lot of uh validity to the to the flaws that people raise about this book and and we will get into those in more depth but overall i would be definitely favorable on this book um so i'm going to start with uh i'll start with you jonathan sure if you want to give a a bit of a summary on what you thought of the book without going on the spoilers
3: yeah i quite enjoyed this book i thought yeah it was well written um quite easy to listen to so both in terms of the writing style and the narrator yeah, I didn't think it was perfect. I do have a few gripes, so will get on the more um, as we go through this story, particularly in the, the kind of romance kind of stuff and a lot of repetitiveness around stuff like that. But yeah, in terms of like, the magic system and like the actual mystery behind the magic system, it's because obviously we're coming at the point of view of like somebody actually learning the system itself, so you're kind of getting the knowledge as they're getting it. Um, I found it quite interesting and... Yeah, I, I kind of quite like, again, I think I've mentioned this, uh, I think it was, uh, what, what do you call the Mistborn book um, that we, we read?
0: Uh, the Final Empire.
3: Yeah, The Final Empire. I think there's like, with like magic systems, there always has to be like some kind of trade-off. So I think that uh, again game will get more into the discussion of the magic system, but I like, you know, when it's like not just all powerful, it's like this trade-off and balancing that. that. Um, so yeah, I thought that was probably the most interesting thing of the book, and even though, yeah, a lot of the book too focuses around the you know the money aspect. It's, it's a t there's a lot of mention of money in this book because of the main character. You know, troubles with uh, money and stuff and finances. But I actually quite like those parts. Um, being from a maths background myself and like just thinking of everything in a quantitative way. So it yeah, was kind all of appealed to money, me,
2: wasn't it? That was right
3: now. <laughs> He he does go to
0: university, so there's a lot of student debt.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of it kind of like resonates, you know. Um, yeah, being young yeah. going to university and not having a lot of money. Yep. And then anytime you find yourself with money, you end up just spending it straight away. Like it's yeah, it's it's quite a relatable book. But um, no, yeah, overall, I, I quite enjoyed it.
0: Uh, great. Uh, we'll go to Stephen next, there, Stephen. If you want to give your uh, summary of what you thought of the book without going into spoilers.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um I was kinda of up and down with this one. Uh, I thought it started off really strong and then after about an hour it went weird for me. And then until I got to university it was kinda of, it was pretty cold on the on the whole thing. I wasn't enjoying it the best. But then the university part was really good. Liked all of that. Uh, so it was a bit of a roller coaster for me. Um let me think. Uh, I'd like the magic system. I thought it was really interesting. It was better than the born one. Because like like Johnny was saying with the trade-offs and stuff I think it, just, it handled better here and it made more sense in my brain here which was good uh, yeah and other things that Johnny was saying like there was definitely loads of gripes like the love interest stuff, a lot of the music stuff I thought was kind of out of place or like it, it felt like it didn't really fit somehow you know, it was, it was kind of weird I also don't really like it when the protagonist is amazing at everything just because they are Right, there's no like, yeah. There's no, <laughs> we'll there's no buildup. We'll talk ju- about that definitely. There's no build-up. He's just amazing because of the plot. Yeah, like here, he was the same. He doesn't have a reason either, and that really bugged me. You know, it has to be some sort of strife before they're amazing at everything. Like, you know, don't want to spoil it too much, but there is strife in this young man's life. But he's already class before it happens. So it's like you know, and yeah, yeah. I mean. Overall, I think it was kind of middle of the road for me. There was a lot of gripes, but the parts that I did enjoy, I really enjoyed them. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I do disagree about Kelsey, but we already discussed that, so we'll go into that again. Michael, you have a type, yeah,
2: okay? You have a protagonist type, which is fine. No, okay.
0: but Kelsey wasn't the protagonist. He was the mentor figure. He's allowed to okay. be class. It's like Gandalf being class, at things.
3: That's true. Yeah, no, but Gandalf's an extra with-
2: being, so it's different.
3: I think the best character for doing like, just... is like if you think about Harry Potter, like Harry Potter's like actually shit that most things yeah, which is bad. why it makes him yeah. such such a good yeah. character, because it's like the people around him that he surrounds himself with.
2: I'm just I'm just saying I don't like that type of protagonist. It's not for me. It's fine yeah. if you like that, but it's not for me. Uh,
0: I'm just saying Kelsey was not the protagonist. Like, but we <laughs> <Kelsier that.
2: all laughs> like, okay, but he sucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's, it's mad that after a year, Michael, you still haven't let let that go, like the rating that Stephen gave that book. Right. I uh, that he Jason, tried to punish
2: me with this one. Well,
0: do not work. <laughs> Jason, uh, could you give your thoughts on the book, uh, just a summary without going on the spoilers?
1: Um, yeah, I, I was sort of nodding along with, with what most of Stephen said. Actually, I would really echo a lot of what Stephen said. I enjoyed the first, enjoyed the start of this book. This is surprising because it's normally the part of the book I give off about in these reviews but it was after that initial I'll not say too much but like when a certain character shows up and then there's like a things change a little bit I, I, I sort of threw me off for a while and yeah. yeah up until the sort of university section or maybe just around before that but yeah it it sort of picked up from there and really enjoyed it from that stage and I don't have any issues with the, the music stuff actually I quite enjoyed the music set of things I have no issues with the love story really from well i might change my mind as we talk about it, but off the top of my head i didn't really have any issues uh the one thing i did have an issue with and i would agree with Stephen, i do like the main character but they're such a no-it-all yeah the same yeah,
2: yeah i do like him but i don't like yeah. that he's amazing
1: and everything ah uh, and just like he just yeah. can't keep his every know his knowledge to himself he just feels like he wants to tell everyone how smart he is all the time
0: yeah I agree with you on that hundred percent. Which might sound weird because that's my pick, but I, I definitely do have big issues with this book as well. well you can I trash your book, It's fine. Yeah, I mostly picked it because it's an, an interesting book to talk about. I think, but I do have that same issue with it. I think. Quote is uh It's a term that we've used on the podcast before, but I guess we'll launch onto the actual review here, and this will be my first question. Do you guys think that quote is a bit of a Mary Sue? Just to go over what that phrase means again, it's kind of like he's good at everything. He can solve all conflicts without much struggle. He doesn't really have any flaws. He d- doesn't right, yes. really go through enough turmoil to really earn earn things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like even like characters in the story tell us he was amazing from being a chat like a baby. So I mean, yeah, he, he absolutely is. And talking about like strife and, or like uh, overcoming conflicts and stuff, there's multiple times in the story where he gets in trouble and he just talks his way out of it, which would never happen. If it were, like he's able to yeah. talk. He, he like he's like openly, you know, disobedient at school and hurts a teacher, and doesn't get expelled.
1: <laughs> it's madly. Like. I mean, there is there is turmoil. Like he does have. A lot of bad stuff happened to him, but I don't. I still don't feel like his his, like, all knowing, all powerful persona was earned yeah. all that much, which is weird to say in a twenty eight hour book. But I feel like he just he just got the abilities as he sort of needed them sometimes.
2: Yep.
0: yeah. I'm gonna try and play devil's advocate a bit and try and defend and give representation to what like the other side would say, like what. I think Patrick Rothfuss is, is trying to do here is just he's telling a tale about like a legendary figure and it's almost like sat uh, a satire of the fantasy genre where he's constantly like saying oh it didn't really happen like that this was embellished and and things like that uh, I think but see, uh,
2: see you say that though right but the character says that these things didn't really happen in this amazing way but he's telling the story to someone else and he tells them that it was
0: an- yeah. happened in an amazing way so like so yeah but i but the well, well a lot of what the argument does is that uh Quope himself has proven to be a dishonest narrator so people will say that he is deliberately inflating his story in other ways See. like um a, a good example of this is where Bast interrupts him on in the story and he's like oh well you think every woman is beautiful uh Dana actually had a, a bit of a crooked nose, you know, and quote uh, has been describing her as this breathtaking perfect vision. It's, uh, it leans onto that unreliable narrator kind of uh, motif that uh, Patrick Roth has had going. So I do think that as a thing in this book as well, but that, that's what a lot of people will argue. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, you can't just say that and forgive everything in the story. Yeah that oh well quoth's an unreliable narrator for that and and that and i think that's what a lot of people fall back on to defend some things in this book like quoth being a a bit of a mary sue uh jonathan what do you what do you think do you think do you think quoth is like too arrogant unlikable or or do you like him as a character
3: i mean i do think yeah he's arrogant and stuff like he's he can't it's kind of like feels like say with the whole thing with Dana it's like kind of that whole like relationship you feel like yeah she's kind of almost using him but then he does the same thing the other people as well so like I feel like he's there's yeah there's times times in the book where you you want to like feel that he's a nice guy and he's doing like the right thing and all and then there's other times when he's just like 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 I think whenever he like threatens people like trying to like basically save money it's most of the time like I think when he's trying to say get a horse off a boy, he basically says he'll come back and burn it down if he if he if he messes him about or anything. So he he can he can be very arrogant in those like kind of situations. And yeah, I guess as well like the whole like troublemaking kind of thing. Do you know? What I mean, I I like that kind of like thing that he's like this troublemaker and stuff, and that he doesn't like play by the rules. Um, in terms of the actual the, like the. The status quo and stuff, but I think, yeah, there's, there's just in terms of like narrating and his, his story and stuff like that. I think Stephen made a point there, like what he didn't like is like, oh, yeah, this him being like a all powerful character. You know, he's, he's just good at everything. Which as soon as Stephen said that, I was like, yeah, I, I kind of annoys me a bit. But then I was thinking, yeah, I suppose he's telling this as a story now that he's a he's like a man, like a mature character. So it's kind of like he's almost like earned the right to be that be that way but yeah yes yeah. i've kind of yeah on the fence about it
0: what i think too is like it's going for a kind of and it's a weird comparison to draw but uh, this book reminds me a lot of the of forrest gump because it has this framing story and the way the the way the the plot is set up it's the character describing like these great events that they've gone through and the, but the reason it's, I think it's a bit more obnoxious than Forrest Gump is because because of that inflation. Whereas, like Forest Gump is a very humble character, so you can kind of follow him more and all, all these amazing things he's done. Whereas, quotes not not as humble as as Forrest Gump.
2: Right. So here is the thing, though. Right. It's if he's the, an unreliable narrator, that's fine. I can accept that. But then I have to ask, why does he need to be a narrator at all? Like, why can we not just hear the story without the chronicler guy and Bass being there?
0: You know, because I think a big part of the story, I think a big part of the story is about like the nature of storytelling, and I mm. think that like, I think that unreliable narrator is kind of a point that legend, like the way legends are built and on all- how he, quote kind of he creates his own legend, like by you know <laughs> such as when he's called quote the bloodless and he uses the uh the herbs to, to to slow down his blood and whatever he's kind of building his own mythology so uh, that's what i think anyway in answer to to that
2: because yeah okay that that's fair enough but but it did annoy me though like the whole narrator part It really distracted me for a good chunk at the start there <laughs> well uh,
1: an iron or whatever it was it really free me off at the start yeah like it's
0: Right, uh, I I actually really really like that. Like, it's very unconventional in a book to yeah. to have a third person switch to a first person. You know that does not.
2: It was it was really weird, like, it, because you know at the start where they're like, there's that old guy telling the story and like it's, it's going around the bar and describing everybody. There's like a blacksmith character, and I thought, oh, that's going to be the main. Ca-. He's the main guy for definite. They keep talking about him, yeah, and then he just never got mentioned again. And <laughs> then it switched
0: to the barking, right. and I was like, "Okay, that's weird." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's let's uh, talk about some good of the book then, because we've we'll go we'll go into more criticisms as we get into later. But I think most of us seem to be in agreement that it was a strong opening. Uh, I definitely do am of that opinion that uh, so we start with kind of it's this strange kind of. Uh, description of a of a man who is on his own and it talks about free silences it's kind of a it seems like poetry nearly but it makes more literal sense as we go into the book because it's linked to the whole you know the whole magic of sympathy is splitting things into different parts so that it makes it, that description is not only like metaphorical it becomes more literal Michael. as we learn more about the story
2: what's, sympathy what's that sir? for the listeners
0: uh, Sampafe is the magic. Well, it's one of the magic systems in this world. It's probably the most used one and most described one on this.
2: Thank you.
0: Yep. Yeah, uh, so after, could you give a lecture on the three uh, basic
3: principles of something, now, please?
2: I've got a, <laughs> I've got a candle here. Uh, what else? Some wax. So
0: after that, after that part, anyway, we're introduced to the n. And these characters gathering around, telling stories about Orland the Great and the Chandrian and all all these mythological sounding things. And we're introduced to the innkeeper, who is called Coat at that time, very clever disguise, uh, and his uh, pupil wasn't it, his apprentice Bast. Yeah. Uh, we we also get a POV switch here to the character Chronicle, who go chronicler who goes through like this very polite kind of. Uh, theft on the road by these soldiers he uh, one of the characters he like falls on this big spider creature called a, a scrail that his horse kills it brings it back to the end uh, coat realizes that there are probably more of them out there he goes out to basically deal with it and this is where he stumbles upon chronicler uh chronicler comes back to the end uh coat realizes Reveals that he's actually this legendary figure called Quoth, and that he is willing to reveal his story to Chronicler, but only if he can tell it in his own way and take precisely three days to tell it. So, this book, what we then go over within this book, is all what is him telling it on the first day. So, I think, and then we jump onto the past. So, I think that's a good bridge there for the beginning. Um, I, th- I, th- I personally thought this was a great. Great beginning. I, you said there was parts of it you found jarring. I didn't find it jarring at all. But maybe it's because I'm more familiar with the book. It, it uh, wasn't. I thought, for
2: the, just to clarify, it wasn't the big like it, the, this section that I had a problem with at all. It was the switch,
0: right? The, okay. Uh, the, the flashback,
2: uh, if you will, is what threw me off. Before uh, that it was fine.
0: We'll get. We'll, uh, we'll get on to that part then next. Um, what did you think? What did you all think of this part? Uh, I'll start with you, Stevens.
2: Yeah, I thought. I thought. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I, I thought it set up a mystery uh, that never happened. <laughs> well, that never amounted to anything with the scrail and the, you know, all that. And there was some stuff about like Bast and who he is. There was like little nods to stuff like Iron and stuff that he w- should be afraid of for reasons that weren't yeah. clear. So I thought, you no, know, maybe he's like a vampire or something, but he's not. Um, he's like a oh, he's he's a fae. Yeah, he's a fae thing. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I thought I thought there was um, at the time in a way, when I was listening to it, I thought it was it was setting up like a whole like thing with the scrails and you know there, were, there was going to be an attack or something like that. But yeah, I liked it for what it was. But looking back, it, it's annoying <laughs> for me because that whole it might, it obviously feeds into the next book, I assume. You know when he goes on the day two or whatever, but the whole scrail part and the villagers seemed sort of pointless. Towards the end of the book, where you know didn't go anywhere, but I liked it for what it was.
3: Yeah, that's this first part. Yeah, it was uh, yeah quite quite interesting. Yeah, I I think I agree there. I think that these grail and stuff were going to be more heavily involved. I actually, was thinking this the story was going to be <laughs> mostly centered about like almost like Demon these hunting. monsters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like monster hunting or something like that. There, but yeah, um, maybe they come on that more in future books, but. Yeah, apart from that, I thought, yeah, the kind of introduction, the, like, um, quote on finding, like, quotes, you know, this, got this big past and stuff like that, and that he's going to basically tell, it. and you also get that sense of, you know, he's a bit of a pinnickety character, because I think he's, is like, doesn't he argue with Chronicler about how the, the days that it's going to take to tell the story, and Chronicler's like, oh, like, <laughs> can you not just do it here in, like, a couple of hours and let me head on? He's like, nope, three or nothing, just like, very
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, Specifically three stubborn. days? Yeah, not you know, four,
3: not five, three days. I'll like think it's God. funny that he, he he knew that number, kind of like he's like someday I'll have to tell a story, and he's probably said, give a lot of thought to how long <laughs> he needs to tell it the way he wants to tell it.
2: He's timed himself saying it though. <laughs> yeah, I
0: think I think that that ties onto his uh the backstory in the next part though that he's part of the Ade Maru and he is like passionate about performing. So I think he sees yeah. it as kind of a performance too at the same time.
3: Yeah, true. I think there's a bit too just before you go back is is like there's a boy one of the boys gets robbed or something. Doesn't that happen here? Like on yes. the chat uh, chronicler, yeah, and I was I, I as again whenever that happens and then I think it was like isn't like the second last chapter or something before you actually hear about that again. <laughs> so was like there's a lot of things like started here that you just kinda of don't really understand what just happened until the very end. But, um, yeah, I guess that was just kind of, it's setting, setting the, the whole story up. And, yeah, I think it was, yeah, decent open. But um, I think, yeah, as a, a, the backstory or the when journeys into the past and stuff is the more exciting parts.
0: Uh, see, I I don't think I would have liked, if the scrail were like the big bad, I don't think it would have fit this book because I think it would have made the world ve- feel very small. And I think, like, what this book is so good at is giving a sense of scope without going, like f- into far-reaching things, I don't know. That's why that personally wasn't an issue with for me. Jason, what did you think of the the intro?
1: Yeah, really strong intro. I, I actually was, was quite enjoying like the sort of multiple points of view at the beginning between uh, well, the innkeeper, I believe it was. There was a bass, maybe. I can't remember, the, can't remember who it was initially the start, and also the the the, the writer. Who's writing the story? I'm terrible with names in this book, sorry. Um, but yeah, I did chron- enjoy Chronicler work. writing the story. Chronicler, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, a really solid opening, set the scene. Um, I quite like the sort of tension that was built up with the sort of the set the scene. Well, it, it's Kim started the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I sort of let you know a bit about the characters.
0: Yeah, right. So. Uh... The the story continues. Then it does like the flashback, and then it starts to go into uh, first person uh, POV instead of third person. We start to get descriptions of Quof's uh, past of his his history with like the uh, traveling folk, uh, the Ademaroo, who seem to be kind of vaguely based on like the Irish traveling community, is what I gathered. But they go from like city to city, uh, town to town rather, and they. They perform for the people there. During one of these performances, Quof sees like this kind of altercation with uh, with people, and one of the men like kind of uses the wind force magic, and Quof is uh, intrigued by this. The guy, abenfe uh, who is referred to as Ben henceforth in the story, is uh, he's kind of brought into the fold of the trip, and he becomes a sort of mentor figure for quoth uh teaching him kind of everything giving him like this full kind of uh education because as is described in the book at certain points you need a strong mind to practice magic as well so it's important to be academic as well as learning these which kind of gives a good reason for for quoth to have like this full education so Learns with Abenfe for a while, uh, goes into a lot of detail about what he learns and everything, and and starts to introduce you a bit to the magic of sympathy. As he as quote like attaches sticks and coins to things, binds them. Then we go to uh Abenfe, he meets somebody, uh, he goes away with them, I think he falls in love with a woman or, or something like that. The trip are are left without him. quote uh, kind of wanders off into the into the woods. During this, quote's uh, parents or his father specifically, who was like a songwriter, has been writing this song about the Chandrian. He's been keeping it kind of close to the chest. And then quote uh, returns to camp, and he finds like everybody on the trip has been slaughtered. Then these these men who are described as kind of demonic. Sitting there, um, he hears names. He hears somebody called cinder and somebody called Haliax. He hears them talking about how how some families have been singing the wrong sort of song So it becomes clear that this is probably these people are probably the Chandrian, and they've probably killed them because of the of the song that's being created. Then we get a skip forward back into the to the end when is telling the story, and he. He kind of says, "Oh, it's okay. It was a long time ago." And then he goes out in secret and kind of breaks down. What do you guys think of this part of the story?
1: I, in fairness, I actually did. I like this part of the story as well. I quite like Ben or Abenzi. I thought the dynamic between him and young Quoth was uh, quite good. Definitely some bits that dragged in their chapters, like when is sort of teaching him like the magic of sympathy. But I thought overall it's good and. I thought, yeah, sort of right up where he took it to, to sort of where his family gets slaughtered, like that really was a was a big moment for the character, and then the story itself, something you probably could have guessed was going to happen. You, you imagine there's going to be some sort of tragic backstory, but yeah, I really enjoyed enjoyed this section. This this was probably up. This is the sort of part of the intro to the first few hours that I liked.
0: Yeah, I think this was a it was a big like important part of kind of close motivations going forward on this story. Uh, Stephen, what did you think of this part? You you find yeah, this jar and going onto this part? Just
2: just just the first sort of bit where it, you know flashes back. Well, once you realize that this is going to be it now, it's going to this is the main tale, right? That we like the whole point of the book, basically. And you know it's, it's flashback and it switched POV or not POV but like format from third to first person. Is that right? Was the other way around?
0: Yeah, it goes third to first. eye.
2: Yeah. Okay. So the the switch once I, I realized that that's what was happening it, it was kind of it was jarring like, uh. But then once I got used to it, it, it didn't really matter anymore. But still, kind of annoying. Uh. But all, all the stuff with the bandy, yeah, I loved all that. Um. Well, the, the trip was kind of kind of there. Uh, I did thought I think a lot of it dragged um when they were traveling around and stuff but not like how Jason said with the I, I actually really liked the Abenti parts where he was teaching them and stuff. I thought they were they were the most inter- interesting parts of this section. You know the sort of look and Yoda moments that were happening, very much uh you know reflections of that, I thought.
1: I still, still enjoyed most of those parts. I just remember there was one section where I just felt it was just dragging on for a bit might've been a particularly Rar. long chapter but i just felt like yeah. like come on yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah i i like i really did like abanthi as a character though i think um i wish there was more of him um yeah maybe he comes back in book 2 i don't know uh does he maybe <laughs> okay yeah and then obviously the stuff with the Chandrian. and i thought that was a good setup for them as the overall big bad obviously spoilers they, they don't appear again in this tale, but they are like central to the whole story, which which I, I thought setting them up like this was was quite good. Yeah, liked
0: it. Yeah, Jonathan, what did you think of that section of the book?
3: Um, yeah, I can kind of agree with what uh, Jason and Stephen were saying. Um, I thought it was a bit slower this part than um, later parts in the book. Some of the yeah, some stuff of of MFA was quite interesting because it's kind of where you got the uh, the first bit of. Knowledge about the, the magic and stuff like that. And, like, him teaching him. And, like, find out that he's, like, this kind of child prodigy and stuff. But, yeah, it kind of did get a bit repetitive. It kind of seemed like it was, like, you know, do a lesson with him. And then they used to home with a trip at night. And his parents were, like, performing. And then repeats, kind of like that. But, no, I think it was a good kind of setup. um, And it also has that classic superhero uh intro that, you know, the parents get murdered. And then... The Boy, yeah, they goes are from- seeking revenge, yeah. So, uh, yeah. it's kind of kind of, yeah. I was sitting there thinking, you know, he's I guess this guy's gonna become some kind of superhero, but um, as yeah, it goes on in the story,
2: a lot of tropes in this book, but that's not a bad thing because that's why they're tropes because they're good, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. As, yeah. as it goes on, I think that um, he's he's it's kind of like he's very it seems like he's very selfish the way he goes on like he, he's only looking for revenge like he only wants to learn all this stuff just so he can get his revenge i mean obviously it's understandable but um yeah, i feel I like, like that. that's what kind of separates him from like the superhero one it's like like for example like if you yeah. think about spider-man i
0: think a lot of a lot of superheroes do, like start like that where they want revenge yeah and exactly then they, they yeah. learn a, they learn a lesson where it's like no actually i need to save people
3: yeah it's literally what i was about to say it was kind of like the spider-man when peter parker's looking for revenge and then you know it ends up getting Uncle yeah ben exactly and... yeah exactly so i feel like in this story that still hasn't really happened for him i think he still wants that revenge but there's a lot of questions uh, like in terms of like for example, the character Denon, you know, she has quite a mysterious background as well, and she seems to do exactly kind of he, as he does, and like you know, he's very mysterious and like disappears from his friends and all a lot, and no one knows where he is. And she does the same thing. And then I feel like, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely more mystery there about this, and still obviously could turn that way. But um, yeah, I feel like he hasn't gone the full superhero route yet. But yeah, yeah, um, no, it's a, a kind of good start day. Again, just kind of setting up more of the book.
0: Yeah, oh, I, I, I basically agree with what you guys are saying. I, I, I quite liked Abenfi too. I liked the uh, explanation of the magic. I enjoyed being with the trip. I thought I kind of like just like mundane things happening within a magical world for a while. I like to get that sense of like. There's real life going on while all these magical things were happening, so it felt very. It was good grounding for me before you get into more mythical things. The Chandrian, I thought they were they were pretty like threatening. They were a good kind of presence in the book. Uh, I thought the narrator uh, Ripper doesn't it? Uh, he I thought he did an excellent job. Of their voices. Robert, sorry, was it Robert or is it Ripper? <laughs> no, Isn't that it's, Rupert? It's, it's Ripper? It's, it's Ripper. It just, it just meant to me. i I thought he did a i thought he did a great job with their voices and made them seem very sinister and actually that i thought it was very emotional the way uh it skips back and then quote is like he's denying kind of that it has any impact on him and then he broke down outside i thought that was a very realistic way to show like long-term grief yeah that's my thoughts anyway
2: i have a question and i think it kind of fits into this section why is it called sympathy that was kind of lost on me, I can't remember if it was explained or not, or if I didn't understand it, but why is it called
3: sympathy? Seems to be, possibly, possibly because of the trade-off of it, like you have to, as in the, yeah. I can't remember what you call the magic system in The Witcher as well, but The Witcher's similar, it's like, you know, something has to, you have to destroy someone so so you can create yes. something basically, and it's kind of like a trade-off, so I think Semplify is kind of like, a, just a name that kind of goes yeah. with
0: because you f- I feel like uh, there's a big sense that uh, Patrick Roth, as much as possible, was trying to like adhere to the laws of thermodynamics in some kind of way Yeah, with his magic system.
3: Yeah, because isn't the third law of uh, sympathy, the first law of thermodynamics, is the conservation of energy?
2: Yeah. Do you want to give us a rundown of how sympathy works? or? <laughs>
3: Well, we're about to get that in the next few chapters, aren't we? Um, just before we go on, I, I, I can't remember if it was mentioned, but maybe, you know, um, is there any indication of how, like, you know, when Quo's uh, telling the story, how long ago this is? Like, what age is he when he's telling the story and what age? He's like 15, yes. isn't he? When he goes, I when think he's he, he mentioned
2: something about, f- he's 50 or something.
3: No, something he's not. He he's, out me.
0: he's, he 50 or something no, like he, he do, no, he does he's tell f- his age and it is 50. This is this is a bit of an issue for me with the book too. He is 30, which shut up. I I know I know he, he's
2: basically retired.
0: I know <laughs> I know that is I know that is a big issue. It's I, I, I think he should be about he should be about fifty, Stephen. I think your instincts on that are correct. But in the book, he is I think he is described as being 30. At, so he's
3: basically re- he's basically retired like at the age of 30 and like he's going on as if like oh geez i've had this like yes. hard life and all like even though yeah he's he's, well, he's, he's he's still in like... anything
0: yeah i I agree he should have been he should have been aged up a bit i, I know what he, i think again i know what rafas was going for that he's just he's beaten down his confidence is wrecked he's a ruin of a man but i really think he should have been aged up about telling this story being 30 is a bit ridiculous doesn't
2: he like doesn't he like pull a muscle like you know Ball in the fire. I can't remember that. I can't, I can't remember that. To, know, to be maybe. fair, I'm
3: 28 and I do like stuff like no that American? too. So
2: <laughs> he hurts himself burning the fire or something. I swear, I'm sure I remember something about that. Uh, I cannot remember that part, but yeah, maybe. And then I was like, oh, he's, he must be like you know, old enough to be injured by simple
0: yeah. things. I know. I think there's a. I think there's a description of his age where Bast is saying that he's he seems older than what he is. So at least Patrick Roth is slightly you know, acknowledges the fact that he should be older than what he's being represented as. So, we'll go on to the next section of the book then. So, after we return back into the, the story, the actual story away from the Freeman story,
2: <laughs> uh, we... Yes, Stephen? He's in his mid-twenties, apparently, in the present. Right. Mid-twenties, not yeah. thirty. Yeah. Mid- <laughs> <laughs> it's even worse.
0: Yeah. Um. So... We have, a uh, we have, uh, Quoth is now orphaned. He's on his own. He's kind of just a straggler. Uh, he's got his dad's loot, but the strings are nipping and he's not having a great time. He kind of hitches onto this. I think it's a wagon or was it described as a cart? I can't remember, but hitches on with somebody anyway. He's taken into a city, which is described as completely massive. Uh, it's, got these different districts and stuff there's a rich area there's a poor area there's areas in between uh quote kind of he ventures into the wrong areas at times he makes enemies with some of the like street gangs he sleeps on a roof for a few years i think yeah a couple of years i think pass at this point so he's on this city for a while until he hears about um the storyteller scarpy telling stories about the Chandrian and obviously this is still a big goal and desire to learn more for a uh, So he goes and listens to this story. He hears a story about this tragic figure called Landry, who uh his, his love dies and he uh, goes into like dark arts kind of to try and revive her. And then he becomes Haliax who is the, the Chandrian that Quoth uh, saw in the camp. One of them anyway. Uh, this kind of ignites this mate and kind of ignites Quoth's desire to uh, go to the university, uh, as was described by a Benfei to Quoth, So it's always been this big ambition inside him. He st- he knows that he's still very young, but he he's going to go in, and chances are, him anyway. When he's journeying to the university, he's he becomes part of this caravan of people. Uh, this is where he meets this character Dana, who he is very obviously infatuated with and then he then he yeah he kind of envisions this life of going off with them but then he realizes no he wants to go to the university more so he he cements that decision and goes to the university so i think this is the part where you guys seem to have the big issue with so i'll go with you jason because you said this part i think as well
1: yeah i just find this Slow, quite boring to be honest. I know this. are sort of chronicles like a few years in his life where he's just homeless and living rough, living quite feral. But uh, it was it was the weakest part of the book for me. Definitely, I don't really think I have much more to say. Honestly, I just I just just really find this part it was definitely the weak the weak part of the book.
0: Ah, uh, no, I I would actually I would actually agree with that, but um. I'll go to sorry to keep going to you last, Jonathan, but I know Stephen had a lot to to say about this part too, so I'll go to Stephen next there.
2: Yeah, I mean, much the same as Jason, like it, it dragged for me a lot. I thought, I remember thinking, you know, this is a twenty eight hour book or whatever it was, and there's a lot of stuff here that could have been cut out. <laughs> Do you know,
0: yeah, I think this, nah. I think this does make up a good like fifth of the book. Too. This part, yeah,
2: yeah, I I think there's there's a lot of stuff in here that could have been just cut out of it entirely. It didn't really serve any purpose other than to show how rough it is, which is kind of you know implied because he's living on the street anyway. But uh, I I would much rather have had more time because I remember thinking this as well. Later on, when he goes to university, it skips a lot of the the year, the first year, and I was like, I would much rather they skip the streets part. And showed me the you know first year university part, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just dragged. There were, some parts were you know interesting, like when he first gets to the city and those kids beat him up and break his loot and everything. The begging part was kind of weird. I thought there was something going going sinister going to be going on with that guy who gives him bread and water, but um, he was he was just kind of there. The part where he goes, the whole thing about like the holiday. With the masks and stuff I thought was kind of weird, and and like that dragged on for a long time. Let me think now. And then the yeah, where he ventures into like the the rich part of town, and the guard beats the shit out of him. It was I was like oh it's picking up now this is it's going to kick off here but then sure it didn't and then yeah but yeah just it just dragged for me.
0: Ah uh, no worries, Uh Jonathan, what did you think of this part?
3: I mean, I definitely agree, yeah, it probably could have been thumbed out, yeah, I do not even realise it was, yeah, about a fifth of the book, this whole part, but, jeez, that's, yeah, bit long for what it's trying to tell, but I think, i don't enjoy, like, how what this, like, kind of, like, represents and what it's kind of leading on to, and, like, I guess this comes back to, you know, why is he good at a lot of things, um, obviously he's, you know, a child prodigy and he's a genius in terms of, like, this magic system and stuff like that, he's very easy, like, he learns very quickly and stuff, and this obviously is another test tests where he's kind of like, this is how he learns to survive and stuff like that by being homeless yeah. at such a young age. And it's it's kind of like training him almost. It's kind of like, yeah, this is the, the training section of the book and kind of him going through this hardship to make him stronger. So yeah. I actually quite liked some of the parts in this, but yeah, like the whole, I'm getting the crap kicked out of him and I think there's... As the the bad way you're what do you call the the guy that's telling the story? He he tells the sorry he's telling Cran- the story about Scarp Cran- right? the guess yes it. the what do you call the it begins with L um That's uh he's he's more or less like as it's more or less saying that he's the leader of the Chandrian, like he, he becomes bad or is it just is this just a like a almost like a myth kind of thing
0: yeah i think i think this probably is true but i don't i think you again because everything in this story is unreliable narrator if i can't yeah i don't think anything can be a hundred percent but i'd say it's about 90 yeah, percent.
3: it's it's funny it's like that, that story of that Lan, of Ray is basically anakin skywalker like of of him you know want yeah. this mad power to, to save his loved ones and all yeah that's but true. Yeah, I like the, there's the bits too where he goes into some of the shops. I think there's one that goes on. he, like, uses his acting and, like, he's, like, acting as if he's, you know, he is rich and stuff. He's, like, you know, clicking his fingers and all. He's, like, fetch me the hanging on. Yeah. He's, like, my father will hear about this and all. I thought it was quite funny. And then, you know, there's another shop he goes on to get shoes. And, like, he, um, sure. that actually, that's a, maybe a bit after that, but he, um, yeah, the boy more or less knows that he is homeless. Um Like, even though he was tr- he's, tr- he's trying to, like, go On as if he's not, and the boy gives him the shoes, and all. it's kind of this nice. Moment and it kind of brings him back down yeah. the earth.
2: Did like that part, yeah. So, there's
3: there, there, it's it's kind of like, yeah, it was a, a lot of guff in this section, but yeah, it's sprinkled with these wee, wee good parts that I really enjoyed. So, um, yeah, I don't I didn't mind this section, but again, it's the university thing is where my most enjoyment of this book comes up. So, I think it's the next kind of chapters that's yeah, really pick up for me.
0: Yeah, I can of I can agree with you, Jonathan. There was definitely good. Good to this part. Like it wasn't. It wasn't a bad section by any means. I just. I think Stephen is right too. That it, it drags. I think there's just too much filler. I think what happens, the actual events that happen in this section are good. It's just uh, there's too much filler between those events. I think.
3: Yeah, agreed.
2: Yep.
0: Um. Okay. So on to the university, the part I think where wanting to talk about more <laughs> So quote, he goes on to the university, he has no money, he so he he concocts this plan to kind of like eavesdrop on people doing like an application process where they have to answer questions in front of this like panel of masters and a and a chancellor. He he goes on to do his own then and he aces it he gets all he gets all the questions right i think he stumbles on a couple but they're like kind of i think one of them is that kind of like an unfair question and not very yeah. literal but um he 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 more or less gets them all uh it's elodine isn't it he t- he gets it stumbles him with one of the questions uh and then quote he completely brass necks it here and he just says to them you know if you if you give get me on for free uh i'll be you know that would be great or but if you actually pay me to be here i'll be unlike any student that's ever come before and then they they set his tuition at what he thinks is free talents i think it's free isn't it and his stomach drops and then he realizes he thinks it's free. yeah Yeah. and then he realizes afterwards it was actually minus free and that they are actually paying him free talents for this semester to attend the university so then we are then we start to yeah, get introduced to the university and there's like um, there's a length town as well to it. I can't remember the name of the town. Um, is it Emre or something or something yeah. like yeah.
2: Yeah, that? Emre, I think it might be exactly
0: yeah, Emre, that. Emre. yeah. Yeah. Um, so we learn that there's like a town there close uh, next door to it that they're kind like, hey, of suspicious about magic folk. We meet that we meet some characters like um, some and. Uh, Help me out with the names here again. Manny. It's, um, uh, Manny, Manny, yeah. Yeah. Manny. it's the old. He's like the older student, isn't he? Who just is never leaving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They they kind of fall into classic university tropes, nearly. So it's it's kind of enjoyable if you. What do you call the? the university.
3: What do you call the wee rich boy? Uh, you, he's nice. Not not Ambrose. That's his, like, the other guy. The it's uh, his friend one. Uh, the. The Scottish
0: guy. Oh yeah uh, what was his no some was it? it wasn't some was it? It was
3: oh. someone like some like some some
2: Was there one that began with a K?
0: Two seconds, I'm gonna google who 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 are close friends in university. Close friends <laughs> in university. Wow. We need to get the names here. Fuck's sake, it's like character last name. Oh Summon. Summon and Willem. Yeah, yeah, Willem,
3: yeah, and someone. Yeah, yeah, summon's the he's like I kind of stuck up and all, but he's, he's, he's actually like signed on as well, but he's like, he's got this like rich background or something as well. Um, but yeah, I yeah. like but no, I thought all the characters were quite good. Um, all the friends and yeah, it was kind of like this weak click they formed and like, although yeah, quote, he was kind of quote was kind of very, you know, he's oh, he's like the best way to describe him is he's got a uh, well set of balls on him, like the way he right. goes on, but it's kind of like Asks. with his friends, uh, his friends are the only ones that he's kind of like. Down to earth with you know and he's like not really he's always like sympathetic with them and stuff and like, like appreciates that they're his friends um whereas everybody else is basically he's just trying to always one-up them kind of or whatever or be better than them or whatever yeah. like but uh
0: it's yeah i think it's yeah it's definitely a nice reprieve for him just to have friends and hang out with people and, and drink like <laughs> um yeah so i uh, just wanted to touch on on this and this part too. we we're also introduced to ambrose who is like the well, it's Malfoy obviously the, the the <laughs> Malfoy. Malfoy exactly, yeah. He's the he's the stuck up rich kid who uh is trying to ruin Wizard school, so yeah, he's he's Malfoy. So that's that's kinda of the we're we're introduced to a few more characters, obviously, and um later in the university, but that's kind of everybody important at this moment in time. How what do you guys think of this kind of moment when we're first going on to the university and everything?
2: Well, oh, coming off the back of the you know the on the streets part, I, I I this is where I really got tuned in again. I was like, oh, here we go, Getting you know interested now. Uh, the whole admissions process I thought was really interesting, uh, and you know the setting of the tuition was was fun because it's like you know merit based. So if you're, you're really good, then yeah, you know your your tuition yeah, is going to be so, low, sort of thing.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting if, system.
2: I I think that's actually, yeah really good system, mate right? because it get obviously. Gives you an incentive to like learn, because yeah. you're gonna have to do it again next year. So when you get quizzed, you want to know everything. So yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, um, I did like him, the part where he brass necks it. Just this time though, it annoys me later on when he does it again. But the, the brass necking was was interesting. All the there's friends. Uh, there's think, times are,
0: when it's there's times when it's funny. It gets a bit arrogant at times, but there's times when it's yeah, funny. I think. Yeah.
2: All the friends, yeah, they were—they were. I think they were all fleshed out well enough, and they're all quite different as well. And man, it's my favorite, uh, for, just for <laughs> no particular reason. There's just something I latched onto there. I think the interactions between the masters were pretty good too. Like how was it Hemai? Is like, uh, He's the Snape of the piece. Uh, yeah. Then Kelvin's Kil- <laughs> there. He—he's a the cool cool one. Yeah, the stuff of Ambrose being, you know, he, he's for some reason in charge of letting people into the library, or he's like re- on reception for some it's reason. And you know, he's a massive asshole.
3: <laughs> so, yeah,
2: like uh, he's you know stuck up in arrogant and stuff, and he, he basically t- uh, starts hating Quoth very quickly, and they, they, there's like a rivalry thing going on, and that's all built out, and I, I really enjoyed that too. So this is the part of the book where I really got hooked on again and started enjoying it more. Yeah. And I can't remember what else you said
0: <laughs> to talk about. It. <laughs> no, it's fine. I think you've think you've gone into good detail there. J- J- Jonathan?
3: Uh yeah. Um they said, yeah, the, the set of balls on quote. they ask them to pay him to be there is just I thought it was just fantastic. It was just like, you know, you just know you're that good and like if they probably obviously don't get people, you know, coming to them like that so they know he's something special. Um and I thought I actually quite liked the fact that he actually cheated, that, like, even though he's this genius or got this mad, like, you know, grasp of these subjects at such a young age, he's still not good enough that he could definitely come up, like, he has to cheat because he's like, yeah, I'm good, but I'm not good enough that I could get everything right, so I'll need to, you know, get this extra because he, he obviously has no money and he needs to basically get him for free or, even better, get paid to be in.
0: I think that's another example of him, like, constructing his own mythology, too. It's, like, this guy who just came on and aced everything, but it's him manipulating, kind of, the system.
3: Yeah. No, yeah, like, the the introduction to the Masters, yeah, I think there's, you kind of, like, get a sense of some of the characters in there. It's, like, yeah, like, the questions, some of them, like, have these questions that are known to be, like, there's one, like, I think quote uh, says that he heard, you know, the one that asks him this tricky question that's, like, kind of, almost like a trick question. Um, he kind of knew it was going to happen, but he's like, yeah, this guy's got a, like, a reputation of asking these kind of questions and stuff, um, which I mean, you yeah. kind of get at university. Um, I definitely had like lectures who would be like that. Yeah, it just kind of was very uniesque. I did like the whole system of yeah, paying by merit and stuff and that like at the end of each term, you they kind of like rate you on how you're doing and how much you have to pay for the next term or whatever. Um, I think that's such a interesting way to do it. I don't know about applying that to the real world. I think there'd be definitely a lot of unfairly fair and stuff with that as well, but
0: Yeah. Kinda it kinda as like the scholarship program in a way, like but Yeah.
3: But scholarships like a kinda like you either get it or you don't, whereas this is kinda like you get yeah. a, a certain amount or you, get, you don't get a certain amount. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, no, it was quite interesting to start. Um I'm definitely i'm i don't want to go on that now but i'm looking forward to talking about his first class we have um but i'll leave that for until jason gives us peace yeah
0: no worries uh jason
1: yeah i've enjoyed the enjoyed the mission emissions process although again uh i, I well i enjoyed like the, the full chapter of them just asking him questions but it was like is this going to be the full chapter you know but it was good. I Yeah, I like the arrogance at this stage, but I think once it becomes like a recurring feature, it does sort of wear you down a little bit. I, I really like Sim and Manit, Um, and I like Ambrose as the sort of antagonist, I suppose, a little bit. But yeah, he's definitely just a Malfoy of the story, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, a bit, yeah, he's a bit confused a start.
0: He's just a d- dick
1: yeah in my head at the start he was like a an old librarian it took me a wee minute to realize he was also a student yeah 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 i I had i had the same
2: thing
1: yeah so i was very confused as to why this boy was beefing so much with students but i got there but no it was a good good way they sort of introduced the characters at the university and they sort of set us off on this, this sort of second half of the book really
0: Right, uh, I'll launch into the next part, then I'll try and cover a lot here in this next wee segment. So, Quofi goes into the university. He sees the archives, which are described as these massive kind of vaults of books, endless books that, that aren't really arranged in any kind of order. So, I wonder how anybody can ever find anything in here. But, um,. Yeah, he, this is a big motivation for him being here because he suspects like all all knowledge across the world is probably in here at some point, so he can learn more about Lanre and the Chandrian in here. There's some trickery by Ambrose here. He's he comes across as a big ass, and Quof is like challenged by one of the masters to to like lead a lecture, and Quof accepts and and uses sympathy on the on the master um this is a big no-no it's malfeasance to use use his magic in and like a harmful way so he's uh you know he's he's threatened he's threatened to receive lashes for using this magic uh, against him yeah he receives the lashes he he takes um some kind of herb kind of medicine kind of stuff to to numb the pain and stop the bleeding uh, he doesn't really bleed after he's last, which kind of adds to his reputation of being called both the bloodless. So we kind of learn that's where that particular name comes from.
2: Starts working with Kelvin as well. I uh,
0: he does. Yeah. He starts. Um, He goes on to artificing. He he does well on his exams, but he does not get the very generous offer that he did for last semester. So he has to borrow money. So he goes on to the, onto M and he finds somebody called Devi, who is like a, kind of a loan shark, but, uh, she does not threaten with like any kind of physical force or anything. Instead, she, as a former student, she can use sympathy and one of the most powerful links is blood. So she demands a few drops of Quove's blood to kind of seal the deal. He's very reticent at first, but after he sees a loot and he's like, oh, I, I want that loot. He goes back and kind of says, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll have that, um. Quote he he starts to play at like this kind of exclusive area where you can gain like um, silver, is it a band or something like that?
2: It's called pipes. Euro pipes. pipes yeah.
0: yeah. Oh pipes. Yeah. So he uh, to get pipes for like this makes you like a very illustrious uh, musician. He he plays this song like uh, this the Savian song. It's like this really renowned but really hard to play song. He has no partner to play it with. Uh but he suspects that somebody in the crowd will join him if he plays it well enough. He's proved right, and then he kind of goes searching for this person and lo and behold it is this Denna person that he had been in the original caravan with. Um but she is with like another man now, which is a common a common thing for this. She always seems to be with somebody else. So we learn that like uh I think, uh, during that point too, wasn't it Ambrose tricks Quofe into taking a candle into the archives Yeah. And because he took like an open flame into the sensitive environment. He is then banned from the archives, which is obviously very devastating to him because has one of his biggest, uh, motivations here is to learn about the Chandrian, and, and without access to the archives, you know, that is, uh, that's messed up. Um, Ambrose also tricks him with, uh, he's messing with Cove uh, at the end uh, when he's playing the song, his strings snap and uh, Kof suspects some foul play. He also thinks that P- uh, Ambrose has like been paying people off to kind of avoid using him as a musician. So I think that's probably where we'll leave that part. Um, what did you guys think of all all of this? Uh, we'll go with you first, Jonathan, this time.
3: Uh, yeah. So like I said, I was looking forward to talking about the whole lecture part. Um, I thought that whole chapter about the giving the lecture was—it's probably my favorite chapter in the book. Definitely like the kind of the funniest, or like the yeah, just made you feel good. Um, it was funny, like how that's the you know the it starts with the people coming into the guy's class late, and he's you know being a pure bastard to them, like he's just being like you know why are you late? And you know it's, write me an essay on the concept of like time or something like that. Um, and then I think Quof uh, approaches him near the end and he's like, you know, this stuff's kind of quite easy. I'm already, you know, at a higher level than this. When will we, when will we be able to move on? And he's like, oh, I'll talk, to, talk to me tomorrow about it or whatever. And then he obviously, it's, it seems like he's just shrugged off the thing, but obviously this, he's going to be like trying to get Quof up in front of the class now to humiliate him. So he's basically, he basically says the class that quotes uh, uh, already an expert in it that is going to take today's class, you know, quote without knowing anything about it, and quote you know, you know is not going to back down from a challenge and goes up and gives a good lecture. I think the whole point then with like you know him using the sympathy on him, and then in the actual, uh, I think it's the horns is where the the uh, judgment is basically made and like where it's more or less like a trial, um, and you know, Kofar argues that's the teacher allowed him to use the something like, you yeah. know, give him permission to do it on him. Um, so I thought it was quite unfair then that he was actually, you know, punished for it. Um, because, yeah. you know, he was allowed to, It's you know, quite, I thought it was quite a low blow then. It made me hate, uh, Hemi even more the fact that he was so petty about it and actually went and told, you know, tight out, like, you know, out um, so, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it, it's it's added now that Hemi and Ambrose seem to be, you know, the two... It's like you've got the Hemi as... Although, I think maybe making a comparison of Hemi to Snape wouldn't be a great one because, you know, Snape ultimately wasn't as bad. But, like, in terms of Snape's teaching, the way he teaches and stuff and the way he just, like, takes it out in Harry all the time, um, this is, like, a, a good kind of comparison. But I think, uh, yeah, that whole part there is probably my favourite part of the whole book. Um just, just because of the, you know, him getting one over early, early doors, and kind of proving that he was, you know, as this, you know, the, they've they've paid him to be there, and he said he's, you know, he's as good as he says is, and he's went and actually proved that he is good. I just thought it was so, uh, I don't know, relieving or something. Just to kind of like this whole chapter, just kind of maybe feel, you know, oh, this this guy is the fucking the king, like, but. The part with the... we will just move on to the part with the the whole play and the lute and all. I didn't mind, actually, like, the fact that he's, you know, playing this lute. It's kind of like this... His, like, life is basically split on the two. It's basically his music aspirations and his magic and knowledge aspirations. Um, I think the music part isn't terrible, but it's definitely not as interesting for me. And... I think we'll get more into the character of Dena later, but do you know what? I kinda hated her, like I thought she was a complete bitch, like um <laughs> the f- the first just they start here and get on is that she basically didn't remember him, like from like as a he met her on the you know, when he's travelling to the uni and like almost had this like pure like connection with her and stuff like that, and then she didn't even remember who he was. Um I just thought that was just horrible, like it's just I was like, "Why does he even want to be around her anymore?" But um, yeah, I th- I thought she was qu- quite an annoying character. I did like the uh, the the interactions between her and Quof and how Quof was kind of like in infatuated sure with her. For it's almost like his his weakness. Um, but yeah, I just thought she's just not a likable character.
0: Yeah, I think if I go back to like the Forest Gump comparison, she's definitely the Jenny of this story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stephen, what what did you think of this part?
2: Yeah, I think I agree with Johnny. This is probably the strongest part for me. The So the first like sort of lecture that he goes to, I really enjoyed that. Did not think Hemi was a bit of a creep when, like, as Johnny was saying, like, all the, the people come in and he's giving them essays for being late and stuff, and then the one girl who comes in is lit, and he's like tells her to cross her legs and all. I thought he was oh, what what is it he says?
0: That. What was he it says, he said uh, there? And it was so close Closes the <laughs> gates
3: of hell or something. I thought that was like, I was laughing out loud. It was
2: was funny, but I thought, what a creep. Uh, (laughs) At the same time, so I was definitely, you know, against him from the start. Then, you know, he does the lecture and everything and gets sort of the trial and stuff. I did think the the outcome was not fair. I don't think it's ever, like, good to be whipped, especially at school, right? But (laughs) at the same time, it's not so much that he did it on a teacher it's that like you know they're trying to make it so artificer, no is it artificers? what's what's the like
0: profession the you would have? I'm not sure yeah. um, I'm not sure actually I can't Arcanist I sorry Arcanist
2: so they're trying to present the appearance that Arcanists aren't dangerous right and what he did was harm somebody so that goes against yeah. the whole thing right? Yeah. so I think that's fair enough uh, but, yeah, anyway, I, I thought the whole, you know, the bloodless part, I was like, F- fair enough, that's, yeah, uh, whatever, I don't really care. Um, and then, yeah, the stuff about the the music thing, I, I liked it, right? Where he goes to the town and he buys the loot and goes to this big club and plays it and everything. I liked that, but I just didn't think it fit in this story. It seemed like a weird detraction from the magic part, where he's just playing music, yeah. which is fine but I think it went on too long again. Um, the, the the whole stuff about money and, you know, he goes to the loan shark and all. Something about that I found jarring as well where there was a lot of focus on getting cash where, again, I would rather have seen him learn how to use the magic, but, I mean, it's not a big deal, really. Like, I still enjoyed it. But, yeah, I, I liked it. I liked this section. Probably my favourite part of the book, yeah.
0: I, I actually really like the parts about music in this book. Like I think um, there's a lot of. Passion oh no, I like I it. like them, I
2: like them, uh, I, I, but
0: I just don't think they fit in this story. I, I I think like um, I can't I remember like um, I think it was um like a Brandon Sanderson lecture or something I heard one time yeah. that he talked about <laughs> he talked about how like characters shouldn't fit their stories perfectly. Like there should. That you should feel like there's kind of a, a life and a protest outside, and I, that's kind of how I feel about Quof's playing That it's it has life outside of the plot, and I think that is like important to establish. Like I, I I just I don't like stories where it feels like this character only exists to serve the plot. I, I like that he has things that you know aren't kind of to do with what's
2: going on. I think it makes. Do it you know a what I'd like? I, I would I would agree. But I think it, there was too much of it.
3: Is what I'm trying to say. Ah, okay. I I think let's see the way the music scenes were done were good because I I just hate when there's a song in a in a story. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't actually like sing the songs or not. It was just like you know Quof absolutely like sh- shredding it and stuff, and I was describing what was going on <laughs> as opposed to. That
2: I recommend.
3: Yeah, no. I just see see like oh, no. Lord of the Rings books, right? I want they like them, but see all the singing hey, and Tom Bombadil, and oh my god, it's it's so hard to like love whenever these it's it's, it's not that the obviously the narrators aren't, you know, professional singers or not like that, but it just uh just like text me out of the book, like it text me out of the story when I hear the song. Like it yeah. doesn't add anything. So I was so happy the way they did it in this book. So I just wanted to bring that up. A, p-
0: a part I kinda I forgot to kind of Pepper into this too is all the stuff with like Elidine, who's like the master namer, and uh, oh, yeah. he's he's like this kind of eccentric character, and he shows quote like this part of the university where there's like a lot of students who have lost their mind, and it's because they kind of have been including learning, himself, ha, yeah, has branch <laughs> of magic, um, and quote kind of like he 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 breaks, he commands the stone to break, and then there's like a hole in the wall. And he tells Quoth to jump out of it to like, and Quoth sees this as some kind of test and he jumps out of it. And then Elodine says, you know, you've just shown that you cannot learn this magic. <laughs> You're way too dangerous. And then um, <laughs> You're a what also ties into this too is he meets like this girl who lives in like what she describes as the under thing. This uh, girl named Ori. I don't think it's, I can't remember if he describes what age, if she is a girl or a woman. I can't remember what age she's described as. But um, she's kind of odd as well. And he gathers that she was probably one of Elodine's pupils. So I find that I find all that very interesting to the fact that it's, again, it's this trade off of magic that people are like losing their minds of using this. And it's more of a fantastical kind of magic that uh, Elodine uses. It's more of a traditional fantasy elemental kind of magic.
2: He he was my favorite character actually. I think go back, he, I liked him the best. I
0: like the the madness. I really liked how Ripper Degas did his voice as well. There was something about it.
2: Yeah,
3: actually, I actually, quite liked the gear. The, the gear Orry, yeah, like, like the girl. The the girl loved. or I like I like as
0: well. Yeah,
3: like the the accent he does is also like an uh, like a Irish one for her. Um, which yeah. I thought was decent. But yeah, I just kind of like the yeah. way she like like he it doesn't like they brought gifts to each other, and it was kind of like. It was like a stupid like kind of the relationship movement. they had, it's like...
0: Yeah, it was... <laughs> yeah,
3: it was like, she brought him a ring, and it's like, well, what does this ring do? It's like, it keeps secrets or whatever. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Like, it's almost like she was, even though she might have been an adult, she has this childlike like side. Yeah, definitely. Or like this childlike tensor, yeah, and it's, it's like, he embraces it, and like he just plays along, do you know what I mean? Which I thought was maybe, quite, quite good.
2: Maybe he imagined her, except
3: he didn't, because another character, it's a <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that other character was like, thought Quoth was insane,
1: so he, she was just playing <laughs> yeah. along with him.
0: Jason, what do you think of this part of the story?
1: You covered quite a bit, uh, but definitely strong, strong part of the story. That like guy, you know, just sort of cemented how much of an arch Ambrose is. I really like the the sort of the loot section and the, the training to get his pipes. I find it all really interesting, quite enjoyable. Um, I really liked Elodine. I was quite disappointed when he sent Quoth away, but I could, I could understand it. <laughs> but it was quite funny. It was just like, yeah, you he know, just hopped out the window and broke all his bones. <laughs> but yeah. He seemed to be grand after that. I mean, I, maybe it just sort of skipped ahead a wee bit, or maybe I missed something, but he just seemed to be, yeah, it broke all his bones. And then he's grand two minutes later. <laughs> it was really strong, strong. Like, this is definitely the highlights of the book strong sections throughout from here on out really and there's there's more to come in the next bit
0: yeah so um quote uh to around around this part he writes i think it's actually before the anchors part so i skipped ahead there but uh he uh he writes that song about ambrose like calling him a jackass because it's like a pun on ambrose's uh surname jackass um it like kind of goes viral around the university think Quoth like uh gives him a letter of apology, but it just leads you know, Ambrose knows it's completely insincere, It ma- makes him hate him more. Doesn't he add another verse
3: in or something? Like he adds another like two verses to the letter.
0: Yeah. Quof spends a lot more time with Dana in the next part chatting to her and talking about all the the patrons uh she's with and, and kind of like he despises all these men, but he knows that he can't really express his feelings to Dana because he knows that she will like find him boring basically if he isn't mysterious and if if he is very candid he does miss a date with her uh there's like a, an incident in the fishery with uh, one of the characters fella where uh quote you know he he rescues her and then he 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 goes and then he finds um i think he he find, he goes to check on Ori and and she's okay. Uh, he finds like a letter left by Dana saying that she's uh, going away from town. Quoth then hears some rumors that there are Chandrian in a town called Trebon. This leads to like a big scramble for him to get money again. He's goes, He just pulls out all the stops and tries every contact he can. He eventually barters for this horse and he drives it to kind of its maximum. Uh, he takes out a loan with Devi as well. A loan that sounds like scarily high compared to the quantity of money that has been talked about in the book so far. Um, Quoth makes it out to uh, Trebon. The there's like blue flames, which we haven't mentioned yet, but that's like a that's a marker that the Chandarin have been in the vicinity. One of the men and the town tells Quoth that there's only one survivor. He goes on and lo and behold, it's Dana. Um, oh. <laughs> I, was, I, like a me, man. I had him, I guess she was part too, It felt very contrived for it I to be her. Forced, yeah. yeah, so uh Kof, he uh and Dena, they they go on to like investigate this. Uh he wants to find answers. I think it's he finds like a pot or something, doesn't he, with the Chandrian painted on it? So it again feels like the Chandra they're just they're out to tie up loose ends. Again the Chandrian have left one survivor, so there's like theories people say. Is this an intentional thing, like the White Walkers in Game of Thrones, where they always leave one survivor to kind of spread the spread the rumors? But one person is rumors, you know, two people would have been like more confirmation. But if you leave one person alive, it's scary stories are being told instead. So Dan, they're they're kind of traveling back then. Dana hears something uh, huge, and they see like this. Um, that it's a dracus, isn't it? It's described though, of this huge uh. cut. Cow kind of shaped, bigger than a cow, but cow like in its blocky kind of shape, reptile. Quoth kind of, it's, uh, Denna worries about it, uh, burning them because it can use fire, but Quoth kind of says how, uh, it uses this to help digest its food or something like that, and, and that it rolls out the fires, and that it's actually like, it's a vegetarian that eats trees, so it's no harm to them and everything. And then, uh, Denna, she accidentally eats something called. Uh, Denna resin which is like very similar to her name but it's like this drug <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's part of the um it's part of the story and the people who take this drug are often referred to as like sweet eaters quote f- thinks that uh Denna's taken like an- enough to poison her she's very high at this stage he makes her eat charcoal to kind of balance out her stomach um he then concocts this plan to like uh put enough of the resin together to essentially drug the dry uh, the Dracus who who's just he's basically a, it's a drug addict reptile that's massive it's just kind of squashing these trees and going crazy and it's eventually gonna run out of these trees where it's getting the resin from so um quove says we need to basically take care of that um they keep rolling up the resin uh I think it's in the end then it's like a a whale or something he crushes the uh the Dracus under um yeah, so he goes He goes back then, uh, he meets uh, with a, up with a, a well and some, and he sees that his loot is missing, and then uh, obviously this is a big no-no for Quoth, it's a big uh, part of who he is. Uh, Ambrose has it, he taunts Quoth with it, Quoth, uh, uh, Ambrose throws it down and it splinters, and Quoth, and like this fit of rage, calls the wind, Ambrose falls Brex's arm quoth and ambrose are put both put on trial and found guilty uh ambrose is f- fined and quoth i think he's expelled but it's given like an uh what it was the word again like an S- suspended suspension uh, it's like a suspended expulsion I'm not really sure what that means because i don't think they give it an actual time frame but um
3: it basically means it's not going to happen, I think. I think they said that, like, because yeah. it doesn't Elodine say that, like, this happens, this has happened before, yeah. so, like...
0: Yeah, it's, like, rescinded. And then then Elodine tells Quoth that he's now, um, he's promoted, basically, to the next rank, that he's a railar because he was able to call the wind. Um, and that's kind of we go back, we jump back in, back into the Freeman story, um, they're back at the end, uh, and then, um, quote kind of there's this man from the road comes in. He's out of his mind, kind of possessed. He attacks and and kills one of the uh, one of the people within the end. Quoth kind of stands by the whole time. We know that he has done all these amazing things, and yet he's completely passive during this moment. This kind of incites Bast to confront Chronicler later. I think in his own bedroom, and Bast reveals that he actually put out the rumors to say that Quoth was in this town undercover and that he was the one who brought Ambrose here, I mean sorry, Chronicler here, through those rumours and that he says now Chronicler's job is to make Quoth kind of realise how amazing he is, big him up more and, and get like get him out of this rut that he's fallen on because like obviously the world has fallen into like, this dark time where there's big spider creatures and stuff going about. So that's where we leave the story at that point. Um, covered a lot there. Uh, I'll go to you, Stephen. What do you think of the, of this part?
2: Uh, where do we start? <laughs> what was the start <laughs> of this section? The him leaving after he's with Changjin and stuff. He goes leaves. And...
0: Yeah, I think yeah, just him leaving town. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I, this this again. I thought this was good build-up. You know, him kind of rushing to get to the scene of the crime that he's heard about. You know, him bartering with the guy for the horse. I thought it was quite funny. And then to find out that the guy scammed him anyway, I thought that was really good. I enjoyed that a lot. When Dana turned up again, I was like, this is really annoying. I'm really annoyed that she got inserted <laughs> in here. And it's even more annoying when she doesn't really contribute. She's just there because she's there. I, d- I didn't like that. Uh, the stuff with the dragon as well, I thought that... Uh, yeah, it, it was interesting, but at the same time, it dragged on. Like like other parts of this book, he just dragged for me. Yeah. And then when he gets back to the university, uh, I I thought that was really interesting. I, I was waiting for like a proper like wizard fight uh, between having Ambrose. That didn't happen, but maybe, maybe in the next one, I don't know. Uh, and then yeah, the, the discipline again. He, he he gets called up for like harming somebody, but he gets away with it again and gets promoted <laughs> again or whatever. <laughs> Which again, I liked it this time to be honest. I think it was, that was a good way to tie up the book, but yeah, well, it, it was okay. This section,
0: um, Jonathan, no, I'll go to you, Jason. Actually, what do you think about how that book ends and all this part?
1: Um, I I still really like this section as well. I really liked the bit with the dragon, actually. I thought that was, uh, yeah, it was a bit annoying that Denna just appeared. I, I feel like there's Hopefully, going to be an explanation as to why she keeps showing up and everything. But
2: this is another thing I meant to say. She seemed a wee bit suspicious, like that she's there and stuff at the scene of the crime where the Chandrian are supposed to be, and he keeps running on there. I feel and, like there's going and, to be also some sort she changed the story about fifty times. Sorry, yeah. just got I think. think
1: there's going to be some sort of Chandrian link to Dana. Yeah, they yeah, really enjoyed. this, really enjoyed the dragon fight. It did go on a little bit, but it was good the the fight between Ambrose and him, he just absolutely wrecked him, it wasn't really much of a fight at all and I, I I liked the ending, like I liked the Skinwalker, who came in in the framing story and that was quite, it was quite scary almost in a way, although the Bast stuff really like was like, what this how, I, I know that the next book is like 40, 47 hours long I'm like, what the hell is going to happen with Bast in this book <laughs> That absolute psychopath, um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it.
3: So, first, I think a bit that maybe we don't mention was like you know, the Ambrose hair and the killers to come after uh, Quoth and stuff. And I think it's like so, I like the whole foreshadow map, it, but it's kind of like you know, obviously, this is told from the point of view of Quoth in the future, so obviously, you know, he makes it out of, of a life, but still was able to create that suspense. It was like, you know, at the end of one chapter, it was all in Ambrose. Uh, I'll tell you about this time that Ambrose was trying to kill me, basically. So obviously, it's escalated the Ambrose hiring killers. Obviously, we didn't we, we get a complete confirmation it was Ambrose. We just, you know, go by the assumption that it was. Um, and I think then it says there's another part that doesn't actually resolve yet. There's another foreshadow about Ambrose. It says that, uh, you know, Quoth basically thought that he forgot all about him. He's just like backed off and stuff. Um but I'm guess there'll be more in the future then. He's like but I was wrong about that too, as you'll find out. So looking forward to what goes on there. The the whole yeah, the, the whole dragon part, I do I, I agree with Stephen that it was quite drag like it did go on for a bit. There was a lot of I think it was mostly the stuff we know Dana and Quoth, kinda like these kind of intimate moments and stuff. There was just too many. I think I don't mind a wee bit of that kind of stuff, but yeah, it was just just kind of, a bit too repetitive and stuff. I did like the, the 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 whole concept of this drug and the you know the you know terms that he created, the sweet eaters and stuff like that. That stuff that he created around this like drug but it was quite interesting as well. The whole dragon thing itself, I, I was just trying to picture. I was thinking like you know like a bronchosaurus or something like that because obviously they said like I have a cow kind of reptile, but then yeah. it's eating like trees whole. So it was like this thing must be like. Absolutely, like Godzilla, like it must be like
0: huge. Yeah, I, I, I think it was massive, but it was just that shape by, I...
3: yeah. I mean, I thought that the, the actual end, um, you know, t- getting the dragon and like trying to drug it and then like actually you know, crushing it and stuff like that was quite quite good. The actual action bits of that, like, and you know, that the, the dragon's kind of going on this almost mental rampage and stuff, and doesn't like go towards like some town or something. That's what Kof like saves it or saves the town or he makes it out that he's like this big hero and stuff like that. Um to the townsfolk and all. Um again, just kinda like manipulating people. Um he's he's kinda like, you know, the simple the simple folk people and he's got like this like knowledge of all these things and he's just kinda like, oh no, I'm a hero, I'm you know, bigging himself up bigger than he actually is and stuff. But again it just adds to that character. Um the going back to the university then the whole uh, fight with Ambrose and all, I mean this is you know the book is called The Name of the One and this is kinda where you get the the first, I know there's a, a, a same way like, at the, at the very start of the book with the, what do you call the the teacher guy game where, a you know, doesn't quote, like, Abente, where Quof, like, uh, basically, like, ends up, like, taking all the air out of his lungs or something. This is the first time that he's actually, like, used it effectively. Um And obviously it was by accident. It's kind of like... um Almost like somebody who doesn't like. Yeah, it's that. This is just a common thing that happens in a lot of stories where they. It's like someone's got this internal. You know they've got this internal power, but they don't, they can't control it yet, and it always comes out in like a fit Go of rage. On. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I thought, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting, and it's this whole book. I think is obviously a setup for the rest of the story. Um. It's very much only the beginning. Um. Which I do like and also don't like because it's kind of like. I felt like this book doesn't have, like, you know, the whole, even though, like, a Harry Potter book, for example, like, Harry Potter sets up, yeah, the, the whole series, but also you get this, like, kind of final boss battle at the end of every Harry Potter, so each story in yeah. itself is its own little, I, I feel like you don't really get that with this, it is it is more of a setup, like, it's more of this, this to be continued, you know, which, yeah, it's got, that's got good things and bad things about it, um, but yeah, the, the whole finishing scene then with the the guy coming in, and that's, I think, where it links back. This where Chronicles, like, oh, this is one of the guys that robbed me and you know? all. And he's obviously gone insane and stuff. So there is these, like, dark forces, just like, because I think he's just this guy when he robbed him was just like this normal, like, soldier or something like that, or a mercenary, or whatever it is. And now he's, like, a freaking possessed. So it's kind of like got uh, this very mysterious, old, and, like Jason said, like, kind of almost scary thing about it. Like, or is it going to be like, yeah, this, this kind of like, uh, Extra not extraterrestrial, what's the, the word like what's the word for like ghostly kinda term? Possessed. Um, I, I, was, I don't know I don't know what kind of word I'm looking for. Um it's
2: like extraterrestrial, yeah.
3: Um, uh, it's something like that, isn't it? <laughs> um yeah. I can't think of it. Sure. anyway, um basically ghost ghost like or poltergeist like or whatever you wanna term insert ghost term here. Yeah, I liked how that left it at that and was kinda like, jeez, what's what's just happened here and yeah, the whole, the whole Bass thing, you know, Bass has kind of been this pure calm, almost like this, you know, guy that's like, like a, it's kind of like he's like, quote, you know, seconds in command. It's like, almost like you know, you feel like, quote, is the man in charge and Bass is like, just this, like, we apprentice, but it just goes completely flipped the other way. And then it's like Bass has actually been trying to manipulate the whole situation this whole time and he's a yeah he's an actual psychopath i just thought that was like a, just a brilliant way to end it so uh yeah i really enjoyed the ending and i'd be excited to read the next one
0: uh i'm just gonna do like one minute very quick i really enjoyed the ending of the book as well i enjoyed the fight with the dracos big dragon fight what's not to love it was that go on a wee bit i agree with Stephen, but i uh, know i enjoyed it overall and i enjoyed the confrontation with ambrose i don't think it had to be like this big fight or anything i, I just enjoyed The use of the magic, I thought it was climactic enough for me. Um, And then the stuff with Bast in the end, I did find him extremely unnerving. And I thought that was also, I also thought that was a great ending and a great way to leave the story where it was. Um, So we're going to move on now to star ratings. So we'll go to you first, Jason, if you want to give your star rating there.
1: Yeah, I thought about this a lot since finishing the book last week. I've sort of have and had a jump between two scores and I've always felt like sticking it in the middle of those but it would be the first time anyone's given a a quarter mark oh. but yeah I've really jumped between a, a four and a four and a half but when I look at the books I've given a four and a half I still feel it's just not quite that level so I think I would have to score a four out of five um, which I feel is does feel low i just don't think it's high enough That's for high, a four man. out of five it's Four's high five. but i still still i still feel like it's for for the epic that it is i feel like it could have been higher but i just i just don't have enough in it to give to give it a four and a half despite you know having a good 20 odd hours of fun with it you know
0: so next we'll go on to jonathan there um jonathan do you want to give your star rating
3: so, yeah, well, like I said uh, at the very beginning, um, quite enjoyed this book. find it very interesting parts. My few gripes were, yeah, there was bits that were a bit draggy. Probably could have been thinned out a bit. I think, this book was 28 hours. I think probably could have been about 20 hours. There's definitely about eight hours of, of guff on there. However, the parts that I enjoyed, I really enjoyed. Um, I just liked the whole university setting, which is the setting for most of this, this book. I liked the character, the main character, um, quote the whole backstory of the trip and um being this child genius and you know going on and like how then the him like growing and learning all this stuff about the magic system and then how the story's actually left where he's you know kind of in a, sh- a shadow of himself um like how you see he's like this great character and all for this learning and stuff and now he's like this as we found out uh, near the start of this discussion, he's actually still quite young, but he's already seems to have retired <laughs> and he's hiding away. I just think, yeah, it's, this book has been such a good intro book to the series. So yeah, I think overall, um, again, sorry, I'll just want to talk about the narrator as well as we haven't mentioned them yet. I thought the narrator was good. Um, I actually quite liked a lot of the accents that he did, even as special, actually I thought his, his female accents were quite good. Like the, the uh, what you call the the wee girl that was in the the bl- the blue thing? Ori. Oh, Ori, yeah, I actually quite quite like that the voice he did for her. Yeah, I thought he he did a a really good job. Um, definitely um added a lot of stuff too. Like it wasn't just like a another you know voice. It was it was actually like got a, a little bit of you know acting and stuff in there as well. Um, so yeah, I I, I don't know why Jason was saying a four seemed low. I think a four is a good score, so I'm also gonna give it a four. Yeah,
0: I, th- I think yeah. we need. To, like, I was also revise confu- the confused. Yeah, <laughs> I was because also
3: confused about Jason. It sounded like it was going <laughs> to hit the two. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: I, yeah I, I like, yeah, I think we need to do out of ten because people keep. I've noticed this a few times, not just with Jason. Like people are a four and be like, "It's kind of low," and I'm like, "Four's like one of the higher scores." <laughs> no, it's it doesn't like, matter
3: if it's out of ten. It's it's relative. Like a four point five is a nine. A four is a eight. Like, it's it's yeah, the same.
2: No, well, I feel like. You know, there's more room there to, like, understand you your score a You feel like book, people are know.
0: probably hesitant to put, like, the number three, whereas yeah, I think they people, might be for more, might be more like, likely to go to like, a seven.
2: Yeah, because you said this to me the last time, Michael, I, or was it The Shining? I can't remember. It was some book that I gave, like, two and a half, and you're like, well, that's really low, and I'm like, it's literally half.
0: Oh, no, that was, that was Jason about Calypso.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Well, I give that a three, but yeah, that's like that's better than than ha- like average, like so.
0: Yeah, no, no, I know what you're saying. I, And uh, uh, we could we could try uh, maybe do that. You know, um, I don't really care. At yeah. the same
2: time, just, just put it
0: right there. <laughs> no worries. Do you want to give your rating now anyway, and I'll give mine after.
2: Yeah, I think so. I, 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 like I said, this was a roller coaster for me. Not as much as well. It was okay. Not, it was much better than the Final Empire. Let's say that. So you take that box for me, Michael, good man. <laughs> but there were a lot of problems that I had with it. There was a lot of sections that's, that dragged for me. And again, this was a book that I had to fast forward at one point. And I don't like doing that. And it definitely drags the score down for me. But there was a lot of stuff in there that I really liked. And I do sort of want to find out more about the story. Although I did read that the author is like eight years behind releasing a book or something. So it's I was a lot going to chat James about
3: Throkes that vibes. after on uh, trivia. George R. Martin. So I don't
2: well, know if I want to read we'll the second book. chat about it more trivia. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I want to read the second book just to be told that he's you no, know, it's not coming. Yeah. The third one's not coming. Yeah. Out. yeah. Uh, so I don't get the you know the the, the end of the trilogy. Um. But yeah, I think for a star earth for rating I'd give it a three. It's above average. It was good enough. The narrator I thought was really good. Yeah, like Johnny was saying, all his voices and stuff were really good. Yeah, I think he's definitely a good fit for the genre. Uh, Ironically, my, like, least favourite voice that he did was Old Quoth. Or Coat, I should say. For some reason, I I thought that was the weakest one, which is quite quite funny. Um, but yeah, it's good. Overall, I'd give it a, I'd say it was good.
0: Right. No worries. Uh, so on to my story. And then I, I picked this book. So obviously there's picker bias at, at play here. Um, But I have said there are some big problems with the book. Uh, quoth is definitely a Mary Sue in my opinion. Um, I know that there's arguments that he's an unreliable narrator. Can we really believe that he has an embellishing? Still, it impacts the enjoyment of the story that he doesn't feel a bit more. I think he should feel more in this story. He does feel the odd time. He falls out that window that was fun. You know, I enjoy, I would have liked more, more stuff like that, but, um, but I still think the way this story is written, the, the world building, the crafting of the characters, the crafting of the mystery, the Chandrian, I think everything is so well developed in this book. And I, I definitely agree that it is one of the, one of the Titans, of the fantasy genre. I think it does, it does so many refreshing things, like it tells this intimate story that I so I so sorely I was kind of like this uh, disenfranchised with like this fr- fr- fantasy genre because I was kind of like oh well it's always like the big action and the big bad and the big whatever you know and then this story is just about kind of a guy and and we random adventure so it was just it was just what I needed when I I read it it felt very refreshing even though as we've pointed out it does use classic fantasy tropes here and there there's even like small ones like. The main character has red hair. That's a big thing in fantasy books. His name begins with a K. That's another randomly big thing in fantasy books. Um, I think another big flaw of this book too is I think Dana, I kind of go on and off her. I'm not sure a hundred percent whether I do or don't like her. I know she's written to be very mysterious. She's a bit, uh, a bit flighty and I'm just not, I can't quite pan her down. I don't think this book has the best writing of women in general. I think there are some great women characters in the book. I think Ori is a great character, but I think it's a long time before we meet any any woman in this book. Uh, I think it's even Quo's mother doesn't really play that much of a part, so I think that's something that could have been improved in this book. But I still think it is a fantastic fantasy book, so I'm also going to give it a four.
3: Just to come back, we actually forgot to do the guessing thing at the start.
2: Yeah, just important
3: oh, okay. too in the chat. That, that being said, I actually think it's more appropriate to do it now that we know this whole story well, that we've explained the whole story. Um that I don't I don't know if you might change it in the future, but um yeah, I think it does make sense to do it now anyway. So I think, Michael, if you want to come back to that first.
0: Aye. Um so I, c- I listened to them before the episode and now we've done that much, I can't really recall them, but I can't remember <laughs> I can remember who I thought was the winner. Um Stephen from what I remember of your guess, it was a wee bit vague. Uh, yeah. There wasn't that much detail. Uh, um, That was my main issue with your guess. I think my issue with there's Jason's guess... There's no way you guess... could
2: guess it from the picture, though. Like, there's no, no way. No, I no.
0: Well, <laughs> my the game, main issue with... what's uh, fun about. <laughs> uh, my main issue with Jason's guess is I think he he kind of said... Quote, he thought Quoth was like an evil character, and I think he... He pay he thought the forest would play too much into the plot. I think that was another part of your guess too, Stephen. Yeah,
2: I think it was. Yeah. I think my guess was mostly about the forest.
0: Like Elemental uh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said oh, that was a point in your favor. You still mention Elemental, which it's not the main magic system, but it is a magic system on this. So that was something that I thought was in your favour. But I think Jonathan saying that you know it's a it's a wizard slash sorcerer kind of character who's on a quest for he's in searching for something, and I think I think that kind of it's 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 a bit vague as well, but I think that's more on the money than the other two guesses. So uh, I just had a feeling that I think Jonathan was had it more on the mark. So yeah, I'll
3: get yeah, the point, I mean, to Jonathan. It's, it's hard to um not be vague, I guess. obviously, when it's such a vague. Pitcher, like, but um, yeah, it's about probably who's who's least vague and who's cl- obviously still closest. Um, but yeah, um, I'll definitely take the the one on this one.
0: <laughs> right, happy days. we'll blaze on through here for you, trivia. So there's only one real part of trivia that I really wanted to bring up, and that's what Stephen mentioned. Patrick Roffes, the big elephant in the room that we have not mentioned at all in this review is the big drag- got George yeah. R. R. Martin syndrome. He. Has not addressed the series in a long time. It's gone on hiatus for a long time. There was controversy. He said that he was going to like release a chapter of, he was going to read out a chapter of the new book if like fans donated to the charity. Raised over 700k. Patrick Ruffus has still not read that chapter and that was, I think that was more than a year ago at this stage.
2: It's two years ago, yeah, I'm looking here. Two December years
0: ago, was it? Thanks, yeah. thanks, thanks for checking that, Stephen. Um, he, uh, so and and I think his publisher or somebody, somebody that works with the publisher anyway, has gone on record saying they don't think pa- Patrick has wrote a single thing of the book, and that was a few years back, um, which is a bit concerning. He insists that he has written out everything of the series that he wrote uh, on one go, and all this, his releasing is just going back and forth and he says that he has um he has like constantly reviewing things so he's got like the rewriting disease that some writers get where they're just constantly constantly rewriting and afraid to release things which i definitely understand that but unreliable and he's also... author
2: syndrome am i right
0: <laughs> Yep. and he's also talked about his mental health issues i think he said that he's been suffering like depression which does make it very difficult to be creative so again, I can empathise him with that, but I can understand like fan outrage, especially people who donated money and have still not received the chapters. It is annoying that these fantasy writers cannot finish their series, but I do I do kinda of empathise him. Scott Lynch, who wrote like the the Gentleman Bastard series, he's also struggled to finish his series because of mental health issues. So it's hard to it's hard for me to feel angry personally. I, I really like this book, and I hope that he does find a way to, you know, battle whatever he's going through and get back to the series. But I can, I can, I can understand other people being angry about this.
2: Yeah, it makes it definitely makes me hesitant to like pick up the second book unless yeah. you recommend it. But like, I do, I kind of want to find out more of the story. But then at the same time, I don't want to be like <laughs> drawn in to be disappointed.
0: One f- thing I'll say about the sequel is. Quo's neck beardiness does go up another level. Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, that's the situation with the series at the minute, and, and people are quite angry about it. But hopefully, hopefully, it does come out someday. But it could be like a Game of Thrones where we just never get it. And that's probably that's probably the reason this we hasn't will, been Michael.
2: Adept. We will get we will get ones and ones. We will. It's going. No. It's going. <laughs> Was
0: be almost done? No, I'm afraid not. Um, uh, this this also this was released in like 2007. So I think like the first Mistborn book was released around this uh, time, and as was like the first Gentleman Stop, Bastard series. <laughs> so like it was a pretty big, very big couple of years for like best selling fantasy books. 2006, 2007, right. On to what else we're consuming. Um anybody in particular want to go first?
3: I'll go I guess. So I think I mentioned and just in their last episode which was recorded before Christmas that I was trying to do read a physical, actual read the book physically, um, rather than listening to an audiobook like and for like kinda of New Year's my resolution then was more or less basically to, to start off this it was gonna to be to read one book a month. So 12 over the year. So the first book I actually did start at the start of December. Um, but I was taking it really slow cause of Christmas and all that. But then I did get a finish was the, the glucose revolution one that I mentioned before. So I've also been in February now. Um, I moved on to my next one, which is, uh, uh, a guide to Chinese myths. So obviously we know a lot about, uh, probably Greek mythology, Norse mythology, even like Roman mythology. But, I mean, much do you actually know about, like, Chinese mythology? Um, more, more than you would pers- think. <laughs> personally, don't know anything from it. Um, don't know about any other like, gods or stuff, like, from their ancient times or anything like that. So, yeah, I just thought I would pick up something like that. There's actually this, uh, it's not, like, a series, but it's, like, published by the same publisher. Um, Like, does one on, like, Greek myths and Roman myths and actually on Irish myths as well, which would be interesting reading because being Irish, I don't actually know that much about Irish muffs either. I know the main figures and stuff like that, but I don't know them as well as the Greek muffs or the Norse muffs. Um, so I'll probably continue that sometime, but yeah. I'm going to try and finish this by the end of February and then move on to another one, which I'll probably update in the next next episode of this and what, what that is. Um, is. decided Actually, well, actually I actually have decided, but I'll, I'll leave it as a big surprise. Uh, TV, uh, so I've been watching a series, I think I mentioned before, Holt and Catch Fire. It's like a computer programming one. Oh yeah, so it's about right. yeah, it's it's about the early kind of like development of computers. Like so, like it's it's this is a fictional story obviously, but it's about them like competing against IBM and stuff, and Apple trying to make like the, you know, the best computer, the best early computer, and all. So There's a lot of like programming tropes and all, but obviously there's like you know it's very dramatized as well. Um, but it's really good. So I just started the second season of it. Um, so um, yeah, I'm quite enjoying that. And then. Yeah, not, not not too much else to be honest. Like I've been doing about a bit of gaming and stuff. Um, I was playing one there, a strategy company of heroes, which is I've always been looking for a good World War Two kind of strategy game, and this one is quite is quite decent. I played the first one. There was a third one there released, which is what's kind of like pointed out to me. But I'm like one of them people too. When I when I see a game, I have to go back and play like the start unless it was like too long ago that it, like the first one isn't like the most recent one. Like for example, Fallout. Um, I was saying that I tried to go play the first fallout and it was it's so like crap because it's like you know completely different than what like fallout freeze like um but like this one is kind of the first one was in 2006 so you yeah, know went back and played that so playing stuff like that um but yeah i've been doing a bit of programming work um as well um so i'll probably bring that up in my plugs but next so
0: yeah that's me happy days uh steven what are you consuming
2: uh, nothing much for me. Let uh, me think. Mm, TV, there's some TV show that we watched. Oh yeah, Mister Bates versus the Post Office. Uh we wa Me and Sarah watched that uh, in a couple of days. Class, so it was. Highly recommend it. Um, it's a true story. Obviously, there's some like you no know, in it that are you know, fabricated for drama reasons, but uh, it was a real event that happened. So definitely give that one a watch.
0: Oh yeah, I know. I know about that. Yeah. Is that the
3: like the big the scandal or the issue with the software?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so (laughs) I don't want to spoil it, but there's this. The post office had this like computer system that um, was like super buggy, and it was like charging people and stuff. And yeah, it's really good. Those Uh, programmers, eh?
3: Fucking programmers! You can't trust them.
2: I know. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I would definitely give that one a watch, Um, and then. Other than that, like, I'm just kind of doing the same old stuff, you know, finished book three of Slow Horses there. Uh, I can't remember, I think it was in the last episode, we, we had just finished the season three, which kind of covers the same, you know, plot, so just rehashing <laughs> the same thing over and over there. And gaming-wise, still on the, the muck, as I like to refer to it, uh, World of Warcraft. Big end of that again. It's got his hooks under on me, once again. Um... And then on the side I'm playing Pokemon Emerald again. Just just uh got one of the symbols in the battlefront here, so happy with that. And yeah, that's really it. Born. Oh no, wait, hold on. Sorry. I'm also re watching Naruto. Just finished the first uh season, so I'm on Shippuden now.
0: Yeah. Uh for me I uh I've been listening to a few audiobooks, because I, I finished Name of the Wind a good good while back. Um i w I've listen to Mephos by Stephen Fry, narrated by Stephen Fry. It's not the first time I've listened to it, but really excellent uh, audiobook that I revisit sometimes. I read a, a Steve, well, I listened to a Stephen King book that I hadn't heard before uh, for the first time. I saw the movie when I was a child and it kind of scarred me. But I went to revisit Pet Cemetery, and I heard it's one of his darkest books and I can attest to that. It is pretty fucked up, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Listen to "The Cuckoo's Calling" by Robert Galbraith. Anybody not familiar with that name? That is actually a pseudonym of J.K. Rowling. It's a, it's her, uh, what genre would you call that? I guess thriller kind of crime yeah, thriller. Like
2: a, yeah, crime thriller. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it's her series on that, and I really enjoyed the first book, so I'm definitely looking forward to getting deeper into that series. As for
2: Apparently that's getting uh that apparently that series is getting a TV show now. Um, or a film or something. Right,
0: uh, uh okay. I that, it's pretty good. I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't mind doing that uh series on the podcast one day when we run out of Harry Potter books, maybe we can I, do Robert Robert <laughs> Gilwright books.
2: <laughs> I was almost gonna recommend it today. Uh but
0: uh, Really? Yeah. You're not gonna pick I'll, it then?
2: No.
0: <laughs> I'll I'll i I'd be happy to
2: talk about it. i just don't
0: want to pick it you can pick it oh okay no i thought you're saying i thought you were saying i i influenced you to not pick it talking about uh just one more thing i wanted to say that i was doing i am watching a very very renowned tv show uh watching i was i was nearly going to say severance because i always get them mixed up just because their names but i'm watching succession at the minute uh greta and i are three seasons in so we've Basically been watching an episode almost every night. Uh there's some nights we haven't been able to watch some because our child has been sick the old time, but
2: just parent stuff, yeah. No yeah, just parent
0: stuff. He also might have The Shining, Greta thinks. Because um <laughs> <It's not laughs> because, uh... that book too. <laughs> she had uh strawberries and peanut butter, which I know is a very weird combination, but um she had that the other night and uh, Jonah said Jonah wasn't aware of this and then he said he wanted peanut butter and strawberries the same as mommy. So now Greta's convinced he has The Shining, but yeah.
2: Maybe maybe Greta was just uh, high on sugar. and she imagined that? Maybe.
0: <laughs> maybe she just smelled like peanut butter and strawberries. And
2: he was... Or that, yeah. That's probably the more plausible, yeah.
0: <laughs> or he could have The Shining, I don't know. Or
2: okay. the shiny, yeah, of course, yeah. Yep. He knows about Bushman, Michael, like, you know, it must there's got there's something
0: there. Yeah, there is, there's something creepy going on with that kid.
2: There's something going <laughs> on there, <But, now>, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I'm really enjoying succession. I it's a bit uh, it's a bit slow getting onto it, but I can kinda see what the hype's about now at this stage. It's a really really well done show. Really enjoying it and I can't wait to get through it. But I'm sure there will be a great absence in my life once it's done um yeah so we'll do plugs uh quickly here you guys got anything you want to plug or advertise or anything like that
3: yeah so i kind of took a break from my whole youtube stuff for probably i think it was october november is the last video but i just started a new video series on it called q school so q is the programming language i use in my day-to-day um so it's basically going to be tutorials and stuff in that language um q school is a kind of uh pun because there's a thing in golf called Q school where it's basically how you like amateur golfers qualify for like the the PGA and stuff. Um and yeah, just thought I was a genius what I came up nice. with. It, but um, uh, <laughs> anyway, um yeah so I've started that and I've got the first video just came out there and I'm gonna do one a week. I've got the next two ready to go so I should should definitely be committed for the first three weeks of it I. But because they're only be short videos, they're not too difficult to make or anything, so I should hopefully get out one a week, hopefully, for definitely a, a good few weeks. I'll probably take a break at some point and move on to something else and then come back there, but yeah, just wanted to put that there, and then the link to the channel will be in the description, as always.
2: Nice. Happy days. I don't have anything, as always. I've been thinking about starting streaming some games and stuff, but then I get yeah. really like put off by the start of it, where you have nobody watching, and I'm just kind of sitting there. Yeah. yeah. Then no, I
0: don't do it. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully, if we build like more of a following on this podcast, there'll be like enough people to tell about it. That where you won't have that at the start. Yeah, just the usual for me. Uh, my uh, check out the Dark Tales. That's my uh, short horror podcast. Check out Soul Bonder That's fantasy podcast. Um, and check out Real Report. That's Jonathan and I's movie podcast. Uh, links for check all. Check out Michael's be-
3: podcast podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Links for all of those will be in the description below if you have any interest in any of those. Um also check out Prime. Have you guys heard about Prime the drink?
2: The drink? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah.
3: Oh I <laughs> I get like a bottle every night.
0: <laughs> uh, uh my favorite like subreddit at them on it is the Prime subreddit because they just talk about how much they hate Prime. I'm like
3: Oh really? <laughs> it's uh, mad like it's so like it's got like no, it's like so popular because it's like this hydrating thing. It's got like like I think it's only like, two grams of sugar in a bottle, but it's like so sweet. It's like yeah, it's got no sugar, but this definitely isn't good for you because no. because it's got like it's got like vitamins and all. It's, like, it's the good energy
0: for... version. The energy version has two hundred um, milligrams of caffeine, which is the equivalent Jeez. of uh, six cans of Coke or
2: two <laughs> Red Bulls. How is that um, allowed though? You can't even get a like the old, like a big can of coke. Do you more. guys
0: I don't know if they own the company or anything, but do you guys know who like launched it?
2: It's like YouTube. It's like, people. People.
0: Is it Logan Paul I, and KSI? Yeah. I. aye. I. So clearly like their market is children and they're selling this drink with two hundred yeah, really like, caffeine.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They only buy the the one I get is like a post gym one and it's the hydrate one which doesn't have any caffeine. Um Oh, so you're sugar, a fan of the sugar. product? I actually it's quite quite nice like, but it's there's something up with like, because it's so nice and it's like there's no sugar. It's like <laughs> how how is this so nice? But um yeah, I've tried all the flavours. Um it is it's, good. It, it's but,
0: aspartame, isn't it? It's the, the sweetener on it. Too.
3: yeah, the sweetener, yeah. So I mean sweetener's one of them things that's you know, we won't know the long term effects until people have been taking it long term and because it's relatively new, um, yeah, we won't we won't know. But um no, it's in terms of tastiness, it's tasty and it does, does do what it says. It says hydrate. It. And I'd be like quite parched after the gym. Even I drink water in the gym, but like this, obviously, water replaces the water, but doesn't replace your electrolytes or nothing. So it's kind of the, the thing I would take because most isotonic drinks are quite high in sugar still. So um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of my go to at the minute. Not that I'm advertising that's, or nothing, but, but if Logan Paul great, or KSI are listening. I was going to say, are that's a great ad read. Just that. <laughs> yeah. If Logan Paul or KSI are listening, um, <laughs> he can actually see our case i did his first he, used to, he also made it on youtube and he did his first um live stream there in like 10 years i was like geez, how's, how's he been off like youtube live stream for 10 years oh really he used to do like he used to do like fifa videos and like i'm like just going mental and he scored and all like which is we we can kind of relate there because that's the way we go when we score in fifa too.
0: what do you mean youtubers are these guys not professional boxers are they not <laughs> the best boxers uh, ever. Well L- Logan
3: Paul's actually in the WWE Actually, like, so he's probably getting a series oh, of right. the one either. Okay. Uh,
2: I'm on. <laughs> the one that's Which, known for being fake, right?
3: Ah but it's it's Run. basically stump man like and they ever well, see the things like, they like, do, like it's, it's mental But um yeah, um yeah they're professional athletes now basically. Um but yeah he it seems like he's going back to doing YouTube. And,
0: I'm just. I'm not a. I'm not a huge fan of using your uh, platform to sell merchandise. But if anybody wants to buy an official audiobook club T-shirt, the link will be. <laughs>
3: well, I actually quite like the logo that we have, so I would actually. I, I think our logo, logo is. Club.
2: I love. Yeah, I love our logo. Yeah, I think, I, it, I think. You can get on the T-shirt,
3: like you just want. Oh yeah, definitely, but um. Yeah, I think we're we're not at the, the point where we own it. We could probably just get our own, like, our hoodies. That's, that's what I'm
2: saying. I, we could just get one yeah. for...
3: Yeah. And then we'll be walking advertisements then. Mm-hmm.
0: And if you, buy, like, if you buy two, you'll get a free bottle of Prime.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think we should do our own uh, isotonic uh, drink. That's, like, not... Because, like, obviously theirs is... Because they're professional athletes, they're targeting a Hydrate for after athletes, so ours should be at for after. So, this is the average. So, I'll just put this now for after your uh, long <laughs> listening stance of listening to audiobooks. You know, when you've just got that thirst after the lesson, do you ever get that thirst, Michael, after you've listened to an audiobook for two hours? All the time, sometimes
2: during it. Five hours,
0: but we'll
3: insert the, the audio drink or something, a drink you consume with your ears. <laughs> Bang.
0: I'll, I'll overlay some epic music over that, and it'll sound amazing.
3: Oh. <laughs> we can, we could actually create one called Audio Brew, which is like our own coffee. Oh Jesus, I'm on death. Yeah. Right, guys, I quite, it height- I'm It tightens your a
0: concentration <laughs> while you're listening to audiobooks.
3: Yeah, you can. It it's tastes like great. Yeah, and it tastes <laughs> great. And then we'll insert Jason doing you know that fast reading where they say terms and conditions and all that kind of crap. <laughs> <laughs> It's something like, I frigging audio audio pre may cause seizures or something like that. <laughs> anyway, enough shiack sh- and talk. Let's go to the next pick.
0: Oh, that's right. We haven't even done that part yet. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. So that's my. <laughs> G- I relieve <laughs> my myself of my host duties and we'll pass the the mantle onto Stephen. There you go. Oh, Steven. yeah. So I
2: was supposed to pick the next pick, but I forgot. Uh, until 2 minutes before we started I did have some things in mind though so um, yeah I was almost going to bust out the Red Rising for this one, I thought this was t- it was time to bust that out but I'm not ready for that just yet um, and then yeah I also thought about doing Cuckoo's Calling like Michael was saying but then I, I, didn't, even, I didn't want to do that it was unrelated to him bringing that up and I think what I've settled on is going to be Red Dwarf Infinity Welcomes oh. Careful Drivers by Rob Grant and Doug Naylor, narrated by Chris Barry. I'm
0: str- I'm really struggling not to say what I think of this book, but I have I've have read it read it before.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Since Jason's not here, and I is this related to the Red or TV show?
2: It's yes, almost. Uh, story. Uh, the story is basically the same, except it's well, uh, much more condensed.
3: I haven't seen the show, but I do know what it's about, so I obviously know mostly what the book's about um, and Jason's not here so I think we can skip the guess yeah we
2: can skip the guess um, that's
0: fine I will say I don't know how Jason will like this because it is very hitchhikery at times <laughs>
2: I don't give a shit
0: <laughs> I read I, I listened to Blood Meridian for him, okay uh, we'll get another round of us just gushing over something and then Jason hating it again, That it was fun I that hate it, uh, <laughs> that's fine, if,
2: like, listen if you don't like it, that's fine for me, I, I don't mind
3: sweet I want to so Grant
2: okay so just again that's Red Dwarf Infinity Welcomes Careful Drivers by Rob Grant and Doug Naylor narrated by Chris Barry thanks happy days goodbye Leaders.
3: bye Jetty's on the flippity flop.
2: Oh, oh fuck it. I forgot
0: it's
3: a good, <laughs> it's a good save gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> flippity-flam-wazzle it's
2: Michael's catchphrase
3: that he never says but <laughs> everyone else, else has <laughs> to <they> remind of them. <laughs>